Welcome to your Active's Digital Brief podcast, where we bring you a specially curated digital and tech story from the week in the world of EU politics and policy. For a full breakdown of all the most important stories over the past seven days in this patch, sign up to my free newsletter or take a look at it online at youractive.com. The United States is on the brink of electing its next president. This week, I take a look at how the ballot may influence the future of EU digital policy as well as transatlantic relations. My name is Samuel Stolton, and this is Euractiv's Digital Brief Podcast. This episode is powered by Google. Google is committed to helping 10 million people and businesses find jobs, digitize and grow through easy-to-use products and training to support Europe during the pandemic. Find out more on g.co forward slash grow with Google. So in the coming weeks, there is likely to be a groundswell of disinformation surrounding the outcome of the US election. Ironically, in the days leading up to the ballot, False accusations and spurious declarations were resigned to the extremities of conspiratorial thought. For a few days at least, Trump had bitten his tongue. That was, of course, until the results started coming in. Unsubstantiated accusations of fraud emerged from the Trump camp as the sheer horror of loss started to become more apparent. The knee-jerk reaction that followed was a consecutive series of tweets claiming that the election had been fraudulent and the Republicans had been robbed of a victory. Trump's claims caught on like wildfire, with hashtags such as Stop the Steal and Sharpiegate, the latter referring to the conspiracy theory that Sharpie pens used on paper ballots were discounted, appearing across certain sections of social media. Twitter, to their credit, responded with haste, labelling Trump's tweets with disinformation tags. For their part, Facebook didn't hide any of Trump's posts, but added notifications to both Biden and Trump's timelines, informing users that electoral fraud was highly unlikely and that votes were still being counted. And in the coming weeks, there are concerns that Trump's provocation of conspiratorial theories could only get worse. Speaking to Euronews earlier this week, This is what Dr. Joan Donovan of Harvard Kennedy's Shorenstein Center on Media had to say. We are going to see a volley of misinformation over the next few weeks. The long tail of the claim that mail-in voting is uh, somehow related to voter fraud, that is a definite falsehood, but we are going to see it over and over and over again. And the social media reaction to the swell of disinformation surrounding the US election is likely to influence the European Commission's Democracy Action Plan, which aims to safeguard elections from malicious interference online and is due to be presented in early December. As part of the effort, the Commission will focus on the transparency of political ads online, tackling disinformation and protecting media freedom, independence and pluralism. In addition, announcing a raft of new funding plans to promote media freedom and pluralism in Europe in March, the Commission's Vice President for Values and Transparency, Vera Jourova, said that the key objective of the Democracy Action Plan is to strengthen media freedom and pluralism. What will be crucial here is how the Democracy Action Plan achieves this, 
after learning the lessons of the US election and the surge of disinformation and fake news that we all expect to follow. Whether it be Trump or Biden, however, Europe has its eyes on Washington, particularly in the field of digital policy, where the last four years have been rocky, to say the least. Under Trump's administration, ties have become strained between the US and the EU in this field. In 2019, Trump made an outlandish accusation against the Commission Vice President Margareta Vestager, saying that she hates the United States perhaps worse than any person I've ever met in the context of the Commission's attempts to bring antitrust lawsuits against some of the US tech giants. And big tech's role in transatlantic relations is only likely to become more pivotal, leading up to the Commission's unveiling of the Digital Services Act and the Digital Markets Act on 2nd of December, in which the EU executive will attempt to both regulate the practices of the online ecosystem, as well as rebalance competitiveness in the platform economy. However, there are greater signs that neither Biden nor Trump would give US tech giants a get-out-of-jail card indefinitely, with the recent antitrust lawsuit filed from the US Department of Justice against Google for anti-competitive practices, there has been more evidence that the EU's attempts to hold big tech to account may be having a greater cultural influence on competition policy stateside. In the telecoms world, under the Trump administration, a heavy lobbying campaign has been launched against Chinese firms. The victims have been predominantly ZTE and Huawei, who Washington accuse of conducting espionage campaigns on behalf of Beijing. The accusations have, to this day, remained unsubstantiated. Despite this, the US campaign against Chinese technology has paid off in the EU, with the US government having signed bilateral agreements to cooperate on 5G standards with Poland, Estonia, Latvia, the Czech Republic, Slovenia, Bulgaria and Slovakia. More broadly, certain EU member states have bolstered their 5G security requirements for telecoms providers, and some nations have gone even further to appease Washington's concerns, most recently with Sweden announcing an outright ban of Huawei and ZTE in the country's 5G infrastructure. Biden is likely to approach the Chinese question in a similar fashion to Trump, but with a greater degree of subtlety and diplomacy when negotiating with global partners. For his part, Trump would pursue a tech agenda that promotes US technology giants in the world, while at the same time attempting to suppress the success of Chinese companies in other market economies. And then, of course, there is the subject of data transfers. Just this week, US Secretary of Commerce Wilbur Ross said that severe economic consequences could be in store for the future of digital trade between Europe and the US should the two parties not be able to find a way forward in building a functioning transatlantic data transfer accord. A ruling by the European Court of Justice in July annulled the EU-US data transfer agreement, the Privacy Shield, after judges found that the US surveillance regime does not allow for a sufficient degree of protection for European data. Since then, Commission officials have been in consultations with US counterparts on the possibility of forging a new agreement. If EU and US companies continue to face legal burdens and uncertainty while transferring data across the Atlantic, the US and Europe will face severe economic consequences, Ross said as part of an online event on Tuesday hosted by Irish-American business group Ireland INC. 
the Trump administration remains committed to and is actively working with other European partners to address the uncertainty created by the Schrems II ruling, Ross said. Clarity on a future agreement is due to come before the close of the year. And that's all we've got time for this week. Please remember that online with us, you can get a comprehensive breakdown of all the tech stories in the EU politics and policy domain with my free digital brief newsletter. Sign up online today and don't forget to also subscribe to this podcast, which is published on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and Amazon Music. I've been Samuel Stolton and thanks for listening. Music